Hey everyone, welcome back to Unlearn with Bianca. If you are tuning in for the first time, then welcome. On this podcast, we explore everything self-healing, health, personal growth, the mind-body connection, relationships, and more. So guys, I am back into it. I am back into my routines. I just got back from spending a month at home in Christchurch. I'm back up in Auckland now, and it's good to be getting back into things. I have a really good feeling about this year. I think I said this last year. (laughs) But this year I really do Um, and I'm not so much into resolutions but each year I pick one or two words that really just set the intention for the year ahead. So this year my two words are discernment, so just being more discerning around who I spend my energy with and what I'm spending my energy on. I'm generally quite good at this, but towards the end of last year, I was just feeling a little bit scattered. So I'm really going to reel things in again and focus. And my other word is audacious. I really love the word audacious to me. It's a really bold word and it has the energy of what I want to do this year with my services, how I want to speak with conviction, with confidence, with courage. and yeah, really step into owning my truth and owning my power even more. I will have some new offerings coming that I have already began planning and working on in the background because over the last few years I have expanded a lot and as I expand, I really want NeuroSpark to expand with me. And I've made this commitment to myself that I always want to stay really passionate about what I am teaching. So if I'm delving into an area When I'm ready, I want to share that with you as well. And in a funny way, that kind of leads into what I want to speak on today, which is moving through grief. Well, actually, I'm going to call it moving with grief. I think that's a better way to put it, because if you know grief, I'm sure you will know that it feels like a companion that you need to make space for that just kind of walks alongside you through life. Because grief doesn't end, it can change, but it is definitely something that you learn to integrate with you as you move through life. Grief is something that unfortunately I am very familiar with and despite it taking me to the depths of hell and every single emotion, I have found myself evolving and expanding and learning through it whether I like it or not, I haven't had a choice, but I have found myself moving through it and growing through it. So like I said, I just got back from spending a month at home and although I really enjoyed it for the most part, I mean, it's so good to catch up with everyone. It was beautiful weather. It was Christmas time. There were also some moments that felt like the grief was right there. And last week was one of those weeks where I just felt really tired. Um, Coming home can bring up a lot for me, plus the time of the year, uh, other milestones at that time of the year for my family, and just some things that I had to do that I had been putting off that really brought grief to the surface and practical things. So I decided to honor my feelings and my body's cues last week, hence being late to upload this episode. But what I find with grief is I get really good at balancing this self-compassion, practicing patience with myself, and also listening to the signals of my body. It's really become a bit of a balancing act. So moving with grief 
well, it's it's shit. To put it that way, it's just really shit. It is a roller coaster of emotions. It is an experience that we definitely don't get a manual for. I know it's a subject that so many of us feel uncomfortable with and comfortable talking about. And I mean, I get it. It's heavy. It is a heavy thing to talk about. It is uncomfortable, but unfortunately, we are all going to need to face it at some point. So I'm hoping this episode will just be validating to those who are moving through some form of grief or it will just give you something new to think about. Or if you're supporting someone through grief, I hope that this helps you gain a greater understanding about the process that someone may go through and just how to be there and hold and support someone. So a disclaimer before we begin, I know grief can come in so many forms. There is the physical loss of somebody, there is heartbreak and the loss of a relationship, There is grief from things like miscarriages or people that are struggling to conceive. There is anticipatory, I always say that wrong, anticipatory grief, which is the anticipation of losing someone. There is grief from loss of mobility or independence, which I see with chronic illness. There's collective grief. There is so much more. Today, I am only speaking through my experience of losing a parent to cancer in my late 20s. And even if you talk to someone that was going through the same situation, there would be so many variables and they would have a completely different experience. So I do want to just say that this is just my experience. These are things that I have learned and I hope that you can take something. So it's been two and a half years since my mum passed and I feel like I'm now at a place where I can speak on it because I'm at a place where it doesn't feel as all-consuming as it did uh, in the first year and a half. But I am still learning how to integrate this grief. There was this post that actually popped up on my Instagram yesterday, and I was thinking, wow, this is exactly how I feel. So I wanted to share this quote by Lottie Bowser, and she says that, my grief, once agonizing, is soft now like a dull ache. I've learned that no feeling is final and in between the bad bits in life, there will be good and gorgeous bits too. Whether it is a gentle nudge or a thread of hope, let it pull you forwards. Reach for what gives you purpose and meaning and hold on with both hands. And this quote really resonated with me because something that I've got used to is being able to hold two very different emotions at once, meaning I can hold the sadness of grief, but I've also found a way to also hold hope and excitement about the future. Okay, so the first point of what grief had taught me, and this more refers to the initial stages of grief and loss, is to let go of all expectations of how you think you should show up or you should operate. I know I talk a lot about brain retraining and nervous system regulation and healing, but I think in terms of grief, one of the most regulating things we can do for our nervous system is to take the pressure off in as many areas as possible and let go of any pressure you put on yourself to show up in a certain way because you aren't going to show up as yourself as you usually would. I know we live in a busy society. I know we live in a world where productivity is seen as something important. But I really want to speak on this 
kind of point of letting go of expectations because I think grief is the epitome of a full mind body spirit experience grief and loss affects us at the mental level the emotional level the relational level and a hundred percent the physical level which often gets left out of the picture so this means that when we're grieving and this can be a death or not a lot of resources are going into survival. They're going into our body to maintain this survival mode, this stress response. And when our body is going into this state, what is not prioritized is clear thinking, sleep. You can become forgetful. You can have feelings like tightness in your chest, feeling weak a lack of energy, nausea, heart palpitations, you can feel restless. Brain fog and numbness are also very normal to experience too in grief and this is something that I definitely experienced but understanding the mind-body connection and its innate ability to protect us, I know that it is a mechanism that the mind-body systems use to just get us through a trauma. So like I said, numbness and forgetfulness, brain fog are all very normal. I haven't had a baby personally, but I can guess that the brain fog part that comes with grief would be similar to, you know, people, new parents that experience memory lapses or absent-mindedness during early parenthood. Some of you may also have heard of the five stages of grief that originated from Elizabeth Kuber-Ross, and that was formed on the observation of the experiences of terminally ill patients. So the five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And they're meant to reflect how people tend to cope with the reality of death and dying, but they were never intended for a roadmap of grief. So often when we are grieving, we will go through these emotions, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, We will go through them, but unfortunately, it's not a nice smooth sailing one step to the other. One may come in, it may leave. Another may come in, it may leave. You might feel three at once. You might go back to the start. So the emotions that come with early stages of grief can be really confusing. So understanding that you can go through a whole lot of emotional feelings, you can get a whole lot of physical feelings, and you're just not operating as you usually do. What did I learn from this and how did I actually move through the early stages? So in the early stages of loss, I just put one foot forward in front of other. What I did was I wrote a list of glimmers or small things that I enjoy or things that made me safe, really basic things that made me feel good. And that's all I focused on for a while. And I know sometimes people don't get the luxury of time to themselves all of the time, but I think it's so important to, you know, coming back to that, removing expectations and just creating moments to care for yourself when possible. So for me, I really prioritized getting sunlight, you know, having hot showers, putting on music when I felt like it. It was all really important and something particularly important was getting movement. So that may have been a simple walk around the block um, by myself or with a friend. I also signed up to the somatic yoga course that I did in person, which really felt like a safe place where I could move 
and there would be no kind of judgment as well. And something else that is so simple yet so powerful is the power of nature. So being able to get out into nature, being able to take a breath in nature, to lie on the ground or to ground yourself, to feel like you are supported, that is and was a huge part of the initial stages of moving through grief for me. I'd often go down to the beach or I would go for a drive out somewhere where I could just be. Something else that I think is important to note for those grieving is to give yourself some space before making any important decisions around relationships, around work, around finances, and just practicing self-compassion that, again, you likely won't be at your normal capacity. So the second point that I want to make on grieving, what I've learned is that different people deal with grief differently. It will look different for everyone. We are as unique as our fingerprints and there is no right way to grieve. Some people may want to talk, others will not want to talk, others will be practical and want to just dive back into routines, others will want to stay in bed all day. It completely differs from person to person. For me, there were moments where I really wanted to talk to people and there were moments where I did not want to be around anyone at all. There were moments where my boundaries were really strong and other times there were moments where I felt like I had to reach out to people. Because I had this really painful experience of losing my main sense of support and safety and the person that I actually would chat to the most, I had to go seeking for new connections of people that really understood the grief experience. And something that I really had to learn was to rely on others, which has taken some practice. And I know that during stressful periods or traumatic periods, it's so common and so normal to want to isolate. But the more I understand the nervous system, the more that I understand how important connection is for our nervous system, for feeling validated, for feeling seen and feeling understood. So what I did, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I found some groups that had people who were going through the same experience as me. And this led me creating some really deep friendships that honestly have helped me so much during such an isolating period. Because if people understood the same experience, I felt safe with these people. I knew that they just got it. And again, everyone handles grief differently, but I think it's really important to balance out the logical brain and the emotional brain. So what does that mean? So for me, it looked like having healthy distractions, being able to go out, not talk about grief, not sort of um, delve into my emotions too much and not sharing anything. But then at the same time, finding moments to be able to set aside time with myself or with safe people and just let go and feel my feelings. So if you are grieving, just know that distraction is okay. It's actually really important to have these spaces where we can kind of distract ourselves from such heavy emotions, but also give yourself permission in a safe place to feel your emotions. As humans, we naturally have this tendency to avoid pain and I get it. When we are feeling so much pain, 
it is hard to face it, but the pain doesn't need to be felt at once. I think it's really important that you're giving yourself space to honor your emotions. And that might be looking through photos and crying. It might be screaming. It might be venting to a friend. It might be putting music on and just shaking it out. It could be asking for physical support. So actually asking if someone can come over and give you a hug or mental support like counseling so that you have that space to express emotions to someone that is external. What I have learned is the most damaging thing someone can do is to dismiss how they truly feel. This is when the body keeps the score. And as I know through my work is that When we are not allowing space to express our emotions, it keeps our body stuck in this stress loop and these emotions over time manifest in our physical bodies. Down the track, we can get triggered by small things that again, even perpetuate and keep this body in the stress response. I get that sometimes a big emotion like grief is too much to deal with at the start. It might take a long time before you actually start to acknowledge some feelings and that's perfectly fine, but it's just about creating this space and really thinking about who is safe or where do I feel safe to just to be and express how I feel. Finally, the third thing I have learned through grief, something else that's really helped form me into the person I am is I have seen it as a chance to connect to my spiritual beliefs. Now, I would consider myself a spiritual person. I have always been this way inclined, even though I don't really like to use the term spiritual because I think it comes with some kind of like label attached. And to be honest, I think the most spiritual thing you can do is just show up fully as yourself, embracing all the good, all the bad, you know, all of it. But what I mean by this is, When my mum was sick, I really had to sit down and start to question what do I believe about life after death? What do I want to believe? What would help me connect to myself and her as I go through this period of grief? What I personally believe is that we are all energy. So energy never dies. My relationship with my mum, it didn't end. Obviously it changed in a massive way, but what I always come back to is how can I honour her and use her life and my grief as inspiration for me moving forward. My love for her has never ended and she's still teaching me a lot of stuff since her passing, but really starting to question and ask those bigger questions about What do I choose to believe? What feels the best for me to believe about uh, life after death? And I think by having this perspective, it doesn't take my grief away, but it really helps me lean into the unknown and taking steps. I ask for signs. I ask for messages from my mom. I talk to my mom a lot as if she was here. For some people, that might sound crazy, but for me, it gives me a lot of reassurance. And again, everyone's different. I respect everyone's beliefs, but I really think it's just about finding and challenging your own beliefs and finding something that feels safe and resonant to you. I think when we are connected spiritually, we we see the bigger picture, we show up in a different way. And how I choose to honor my mum is to embody all of the qualities that I loved about her the most. So I will purposely think about 
what did how did she really show up and how can I bring that through in my own life that for me has really helped me on my grief journey and finally that takes me into the last concept of post-traumatic growth and this is this concept that we can grow and change through traumatic experiences and what I have found and it's sort of more of a recent thing as I kind of come out of the haze of grief is that my values and my priorities have completely shifted. I'm not the same person I was before. So many of us fear death, but it really stops us from living. And I found another really good quote by Lottie Bowser that I want to share. So it says, purpose does not mean transmuting your pain into something big and radical like running a marathon or climbing a mountain. It can be found in the small everyday ways you show up for yourself and the ways that you honor your person. It can be found in what you do from here on out, saying yes to life again and choosing joy in spite of your grief. And I hope that if you are someone who is listening and grieving, that you take some hope from this quote and just know that it is possible to live with deep grief, yet say yes to choosing joy in spite of your grief. And I reminded myself this early on that the pain will change. It's not going to feel this way forever. And if anyone needs to hear that, then please let those words sit with you. So I thought I would finish with two things that uh, I would say to people that are supporting someone through grief, what people need to know, because I know it's so hard to know what to do, to know what to say. And honestly, before my own experience, I was exactly the same. So the first thing is that your presence is enough. If you are supporting someone through grief, your presence is enough. Just be there for people. Remove all expectations from the person that is grieving and just understand that you can't fix their pain. You can't make it better. You don't need to say things like, it will be okay, time heals. I can promise you that just your presence, even if you say no words, just actually being there physically, that is enough. Creating the space so that someone can sit in silence if they're grieving or they can express themselves to you if they choose. Presence is everything. And the second thing I want to share with people that are supporting someone through grief is just to remember that grief is lifelong. It may change over time, but it is a lifelong experience. So there are secondary losses that come in over your over the course of your life. And secondary losses are this almost double whammy of grief and this is what makes it lifelong so you lose things like support systems you might have the loss of financial security there are the waves of grief that come with every major milestone or occasion it's keeping this in mind that even if someone shows up and they're in a really good place and they are genuinely happy it doesn't mean that grief is not there. So just keeping that in the back of your mind, just being patient with people and just continuing to show up with self-compassion in life in general will make the world of difference. So I'm about to finish up, guys. What I'm going to do, I'm going to put the four books that I found really useful, one by David Kessler, by Lucy Hone, um, a good morning book and books by 
Anita Morjani. I'm going to put them in the show notes. So if anyone's interested, please find the links to them in the show notes. I just want to say to anyone who's grieving, I'm with you. I understand how complex the experience is and just take things at your own pace, take steps forward. For those supporting people, please be patient and never underestimate what it means by just being there. If you guys have any questions or any comments on today's episode, please don't hesitate to get in touch. I love when people reach out. It's been so cool to have people share their insights from the podcast. So feel free to contact me, neuro.spark on Instagram. Otherwise, you can email me and my email will also be found in the show notes. At the end of this week, I'm recording a few more interviews, so they will be out next week. From here on in, I will be releasing an episode now every Wednesday. So keep your eyes peeled every week. Please subscribe so you're up to date with all the episodes that come out. Until next week, I hope you guys have a beautiful week.